Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And uh, we were joined by an uh, asparomancer, a woman called Jemima Packington. uh, She she sounds made up, but she's real. No, she is. She reads asparagus, doesn't she? She does indeed. And tells the future, including sporting things. She couldn't tell us much future. No, she didn't tell us. She was a bit vague. But, you know, (laughs) she was was entertaining, so you'll hear from her. We had a bit of a Motty in. Motty was in, wasn't it? Motty was great. It was lovely having Motty in when we listened to the Legally Obliged... Ronnie Radford clip. Yeah, of he course. put both thumbs up and cheered he did, like he yeah, just he still said loves it. it. Well, it's, it's fantastic. Know, it's the making of his career, wasn't it? Really it? I is. mean, it really had he been is. a tap in from like a yard and not a brilliant goal, we wonder <laughs> yeah. if it would have taken off a Motti like Bounced that. Bounced off so. Ronnie Radford's shin and in. Yeah, it's, it would have been different. So Motti, bit from us. Um, you got involved. You were brilliant today with some of your stories. You'll hear those. Mm. And uh, the body coach. Are we going to have a bit? Do you want a bit of Joe Wicks? We'll have a bit of Joe Wicks. He was in. He might help you out and knock you into shape. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. And just looking up my monitor, there's the Everton manager, who with every passing week looks more like Frankie Howard. <laughs> Carlo Ancelotti. And just, don't you think, but, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, it, just one day. Are so, you going to sell Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Ooh. <laughs> and it's, uh, we, we trained on Tuesday. It wasn't Wednesday. It was, it was Friday. <laughs> Richarlison, I said. He could do up Pompey again, couldn't oh, he? Lovely the up. prologue. There we are, be, if they get Pompey in the cup, Oh, it's going to be, be beautiful, be isn't fantastic. it? Fantastic, but uh, yeah, he's looking more like uh, Francis Howard all the time. So anyway, it doesn't really take us anywhere. A kid's ask your dad. He was a very funny man. <laughs> a funny man back in the day. You had the pleasure of working with. Yeah. That's another story. Someone else we've had the pleasure of working with. Much of content on air this time we of just day. had uh, Jim White in there. Do you know Jim's yeah. got one of those electric scooters? Paul, do you yeah, know he, he goes around Sometimes he'll whiz past yeah. this window. We have a huge window that looks out into the office here at TalkSport, and occasionally you'll see Jim fly by on his Yeah, it, on his he's, he's a rebel, you know, he's a rebel, because they're, they're illegal, I don't know if you know that. They're illegal to, to ride on the pavement and the road in the right, UK. Okay. Where they're, can you ride them then? Well, on your private land, which I'm, I'm sure okay. so Jim's got, got plenty of that, now, yeah, yeah. or in your house, you know, up yeah. and down the west wing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're trying to bring them in. The only way around uh, existing legislation, this is from the BBC, Yeah is to put a hoof in each corner of the machine, <laughs> make it make neighing sounds every 20 metres, so it may technically be described as a horse. <laughs> 
and it's then allowed to roam the streets. You'd love to go to court with that one, wouldn't you? Trying to get it off the ground. Great argument, but they have said it would raise production costs to add all those things. I think it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, just. uh, I mean, they could be used. They could be used for Quidditch, which, of course, just to remind you, isn't a sport. Anybody says, but you know, fastest growing sport in the country, isn't it? Yeah, but why? I mean, you could put anybody thinks saying flight can't really. That's it. Go and play football, do something else. Oh, Unless okay. you're an England cricketer, obviously go and play football. Yeah, I do that. Talking of which, we'll keep you in touch. Uh, nearly 150 up for England. They are 149 uh, for four. And uh, South Africa bowled very well today. But uh, we'll be back with the boys. We'll have a bit of a simulcast with KP uh, a little bit later on as well. Live from Newlands. Very Beautiful. nice. Very Beautiful nice indeed. Yeah. Ground. So you have a nice new, I haven't seen you new, since New Year, Paul. I was pointing out to Max yesterday, I was ill for much of it, mm. really. So that, that wasn't particularly pleasant, but a lot of people are at Christmas. So you had the very similar thing. Didn't yeah, you? I did, but I had a great thing happen over New Year. Oh, yeah. Which is my wife, every year since we've lived in our house, we live in, live in a townhouse on the street, on the pavement. Right on the street, so you've got no yeah. frontage. No frontage at all, right? Right. And every do year. You know, what, what do you do then, doormat-wise? So oh, you're inside. coming in doormat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're coming in off the seat. You're wiping on the inside. Oh, just got... on the inside. We have got a wooden floor, so you know, just oh, mud. Okay, fair mud. enough. It's just mud everywhere. I wanted Paul. that cleared up. You know, anyway, so every you've year, got kids. It's going to be mud everywhere, isn't <laughs> Seven it? And a dog. Years. Haven't you got a dog, dog as well? Yeah, no, kids. Forget it, it's mate, just like yeah. like a trench. Of course, it's like, it's, like, it's like World War One in there. Of course, it is. Yeah, yeah. Every year, seven yeah. years, she's put up a wreath on the front door. Yeah, front door. Every year, I've said that's going to get nicked. That, that's not going to last because we got about, we got one pub one end of the street, another pub the oh, other God, end of the street. Man. People, you know, done well to go Christmas, this long. Christmas and New Year. Everyone's yeah. having a pint, aren't they? Up and down. I mean, seven years I've been every single year. That never it always comes off the door. End of Christmas gets put back in the box for another year. Still got it. She says every single year gets it out every single year. Every year I'm, that's going to get robbed. This is the year. Seven years we've been. This New Year's Eve, I'm never normally in New Year's Eve, I'm normally gigging. Oh, Because yeah. I've been doing some work here. I didn't take a gig this year. Right. Stood there, we're having a drink. Happy New Year, happy New Year. Ha, ah, dunk. Something snaps on the back of the door. Right. The wreath's gone, Paul. Oh, no. It couldn't have been a better start to the year did for you? me. Because <laughs> I got to go, told you. <laughs> I you, told you, you so. You didn't chase the fella down then, no, or no, whoever no, it, it was, was big, who did it. Group of the big lads. I didn't oh, want to chase the, the big local lads. big boys. Were the local they, really? big boys. What are yeah. they going to do with it then? They're doing some flower arranging. They were nicking all the reeds off the door. Oh, Paul, that really? was their. That was their game, but. That's not quite absolutely the hood. Not quite the hood, is it? <laughs> Seven really. years in. Told you. Fantastic. Brilliant. Oh. We're going to go, yeah, the, the, the boys are out tonight. They're going wreath and nicking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, blimey, what a thought. Look out. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, a couple of things to run past uh, you and the listeners oh, yeah. this afternoon, Charlie. We may uh, be able to get them involved in. A couple of anecdotal type uh, things. Um, first off... Um, this is uh, Nanny, the former Manchester United player, was oh, yeah. reliving the old days under Sir Alex and what made Sir Alex such a great coach. And mm-hmm. that was cutting the boys some slack now and again. Okay. Um, and he said, um, around Christmas time, he said, uh, you'd often have, he said, the next day off um, and you could have some fun on special days like Christmas. On New Year, we could even go training drunk. Oh. And the coach <laughs> didn't care about it. 
in in on New Year's Day. Uh, yeah, so that's the side of carrying Sir a kebab. That's yeah. He said, "Go in drunk." He said, "That's the side of Sir Alex that people uh, knew how to deal with the players." And I have the perception to say, "This is special. I can't make demands. Uh, we've been playing non-stop all year long. It was a joy, a moment of relaxation, a different kind of training, clowning around. I won't lie. I enjoyed a night out." Says Nanny. So Sir Alex would allow the guys to turn up drunk. Well, uh, he, training. I think that, well, you can see that with Klopp, though. He treats them like adults, doesn't he? He treats yeah. them like grown men. I doubt if he lets them turn up drunk. I, I mean, know. I think that's maybe lost a bit in translation. He probably let them turn up when they'd had a drink. Then he said, look, don't, he probably said, don't Smell go in boys, have a couple of, yeah. I was once told by a football manager, one of his, one of his players turned up late for training in a slightly dishevelled state mm, yeah. and weaved onto the pitch in a way that sadly not been weaving as a footballer at the time and proceeded to try and join in training, much to the amusement of his team. <laughs> Teammates could barely stand oh, up, no. just humming of drink. Oh dear! And uh, the manager went over and he said, Are "You right?" And he said, "Yeah, Gaffer, I'm fine." You just sort of hand over one <laughs> yeah, eye, looking yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah. He says, "What's that bright light?" <laughs> yeah, he was a foreign overseas player. Oh right, so okay. He was quick to yeah, he was quick to a Scandinavian player. Oh, do you want to do you want to no, give us no, the name? You're I'm not going to give us no, the name. We're just going to know more than that. 10, 10, 89. Can you work out who Paul is getting at? Go and get changed, he said. <laughs> Go and get changed. Clapped off the pitch by the other boys he was in I, I once did panto and uh, I did panto a few times but the, mm. the moment I thought I don't think I want to be an actor anymore was I was doing a school's matinee which was 10.30 in the morning mm. I was playing the crab in Pinocchio Paul you know the crab in Pinocchio oh yeah, we all remember the crab in, it's one of the main parts isn't big it? parts you know so well you think you think uh, you think uh, Cinderella, Cinderella exactly, Prince yeah. Charming Beauty and the, the Beast Puss in Boots Puss <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the Beast Beauty the Beast um, Pinocchio the crab. The crab, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's it. like, it's yeah, like the that's robot in Hamlet. You know? It is, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, I'd had a few the night before. Turned oh, yeah. up turned up for the school's matinee. Yeah. And I was not very well in my crab suit that morning. Oh, really? It was a bit like that old uh, Will Ferrell movie, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> just walked off sideways, you know. Sick in your head. Exactly. Were you really? <laughs> it wasn't good. Wow. It wasn't good. So we ball. thought, that, that obviously, Nanny, there were no regrets for many of those Manchester United players who turned up drunk, but we thought this was very much talk sport heartland. Oh, lovely, as, yeah. As a, as a topic, really. Not that we're writing off our demographic, but you know who you are. But um, turned up drunk for something you shouldn't. Lovely. So, um, so uh, worse, worse for wear, really, for something you now... Maybe you're having a... Maybe you just thought, of you, oh, blimey, yeah, I did. So, let go on, get it off your chest. Let us know today what you turned up for drunk that you really shouldn't have done. Stag dudes have stopped being the night before the... Uh wedding haven't they, they, they stopped, they've stopped, stopped that, a lot of that, that. there that, probably that, will that be, be some be weddings used to be amazing when you'd see the groom walking up the aisle well with... Andy did that did he Andy did Andy was a, you know got married in an era you yeah know? Um, I think Samuel Pepys was the best man, <laughs> but he got married. He got married in an era where where it was the night before. Yeah, and he's not a drinker, Andy. You know, he, he doesn't really drink very much. I, as I said, apart from when he hit the vodka in yeah. Moscow, I've never really seen him under the influence. Turned up on the absinthe, and uh, and he was yeah, he was in a he was in a bit of a sorry state. Oh, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so let us know then, things you turned up drunk for that you really shouldn't have done. 08717 talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089 or you can tweet to TSH&JS, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Tell us your stories. Charlie's kicked us off. I didn't know you were going to go down that I didn't route. know you were going to ask me. I just, I just had a crab in anecdote. I'm like, <laughs> what did the kids make of it? Did it? it was, oh, it was not good. No, I'm sure it was. <laughs> it's behind you. I did not. I did not. 
do another panto after that, Paul. Yeah. That's the last one I've ever done. I know that's through choice or just never getting booked again. We saw a man today. He did Pinocchio <laughs> at our school and he was a crab. <laughs> and his name, what was his name? Huey. <laughs> I'm sure he said his yeah, yeah. name was Reenie. Reenie, I think yeah. it's Reenie. <laughs> <laughs> it was either Huey or Reenie. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You're telling us this afternoon, by the way, things you turned up drunk to that you really shouldn't have done. And uh, I once turned up to play golf in the medal final, says uh, Alloy, Alloy Mag. Um, played a blinder, won the final. Now I've got my name written in gold uh, at the course on the wall. Uh, drunk golf, he calls it. He Lovely. was bluted and, well, and just played, played nice his and best relaxed. golf. Yeah. Slow swing. It isn't the way forward, though, I don't think. No, I don't think. Well, ask John Daly. Malachi says, um, asking Charlie if he went after the reef thief. He hired them, mate. Been looking for a decent one for seven years just to prove the point. Oh, I thought it was an inside job. Was it an inside job? It was an inside job. I had considered it. I will say that. I was going to just take it off, see, as a joke, but someone did it for me, so it was very, very nice. What did uh, what did the, the missus say? Baker, she said, okay, yeah, you're right, well done, congratulations. <laughs> really? Now, yeah. we'll I told on. you so never plays well, does no, it? No, never you're, goes you're down pay, well, does you'll it? You'll pay for I told I you so do, in yeah, the long yeah. run, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, well, we now need to turn to predictions for 2020, and, and there's different ways of finding out what's going to happen in in the new year, but we like to turn on this show, as many other shows do, to uh, the world of asparagus. Uh, Lovely. And the world's only asparamancer, Jemima Packington, once again joins us. Uh, Jemima, very good afternoon. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you all too. Thank now, you, Jemima. You predicted last year on this very show, and others I'm sure, um, that England would win the Cricket World Cup. And what happened? Yep. Exactly. So look, there is people may poo-poo, but they'd be wrong to. Um, Absolutely. They, they will do after too much asparagus. <laughs> they, they might do. That's right. Um, so look, first, we should explain how this works, Jemima. What you do, what an asparamancer does, you in particular, and, and what what you actually do to the asparagus to get these readings. Right. I'm the world's only asparamancer. Oh. So this is what I do. Mm. I take a round of asparagus, which is between 20 and 30 spears of asparagus, and I cast them onto a flat surface. And from the patterns that they reveal to me, I can then interpret those and make predictions. And how did you discover this gift then? Apparently, it was as a child. Um, I dropped some asparagus from the dining table, made a very precocious remark, and there was like a <gasps> intake of breath around the table. It was only later that my parents said, um, you had a, a, an old aunt who used to read tea leaves, and we thought, oh, my goodness, it skipped a generation. Right. Um, so they didn't encourage and they didn't discourage me. They just let me find my own feet, as it were. Right. And you've been doing it ever since? I have. Very, what have, what have been good. your greatest um, sort of uh, predictions over the years? <laughs> I don't know about great, because everybody laughs at this, but it did actually predict Brexit. And wow. I said that the Leave campaign would get it by a cigarette paper mm. and it would change the face of British politics forever. Wow. Yeah. Get what asparagus you, done. What do you say? And then, yeah. and then I said that Boris Johnson would become a Prime Minister and everybody roared laughing. Oh, wow. What do you see then when the asparagus... It, it, it's the way it falls, it, because it can tell you anything from the weather to politics to sport to, yep. to the royal family. So... As it hits the ground in that pattern, 
what is it? What, what is this kind of flash I, of inspiration? I, I have to concentrate yeah. um, on... Um, I normally um, get given suggestions for uh, predictions from a variety of people, friends, family, whatever. So what I tend to do is I tend to just focus on one particular aspect, mm-hmm. cast the asparagus, and then interpret the asparagus towards that um, particular question. And is it always fresh? Is, is it always fresh asparagus that you use, oh, or do you yeah. have yours? particular favourite spears? Oh, Veil of Evesham asparagus is the best. But I must admit, I do tend to freeze it ready. Oh, uh, Because okay. the right. season is, is only short. Of course, it's a very short season, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it grown, Paul? Asparagus? Uh, asparagus? No, Charlie. Just, just straight up out of the ground. Beautiful to watch. Just like, come straight up out of the ground. And you do realise, gentlemen, don't you, that all, all the, um, what used to be the, the buttonholes for weddings and the, and the bridal bouquets had this wonderful, what they call asparagus fern. Oh, right. It's very funny. Fun. That is part of the asparagus plant, and that's what you get first before you get the asparagus beard. Okay, wow. So, sports-wise, for our TalkSport listeners, um, mm-hmm. what have you seen? What are you predicting 2020 well, based on the asparagus? Something, something is, is really um, going to shock people. It's going to be a very well-loved British sporting personality who's going to hit the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Ooh, and it will, it will shock people. A scandal. Really? Yeah. Can you give us a name, or is that just... That's just <laughs> no, no. no, I, I can't. But I have got an extra one for you, oh, yeah. a question for you, yeah. and this is exclusive... Excellent. Because okay. I, I was just listening in. Should we play the breaking news? The, the, the no, 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 breaking no. news thing? No, it's I not. will tell you now yeah, yeah. that the English um, cricketing board or the, the for the English team yeah. will stop the players from using football as a warm up. Yeah. Or yes. the matches. Yeah. Exactly. I think there's every chance. I think, so. I think there's well, every chance. I'm giving you that one for free. Have you, have, nice. Has the asparagus nice. said this or is this a personal view? No, that's the asparagus. That's the asparagus. That. So asparagus. yeah, football yeah. will be will be ruled out after ruled Rory out. Burns' injury. Too many people yes, in the box. Um, what about anything in the world of showbiz? Has, has taken well, um, it, it, we, we've got lots and lots of things going on there hmm. and... Um, I predicted that the youngest ever um, person will win an Oscar. Right, yeah. And they will go on to have a glittering acting career. Right. And um, also um, that there is a very famous personality um, connected with show business, is Mm -hmm. is the way I'm going to tell it, who will actually get a royal honour. And it will be quite unexpected for him. That's a gentleman. Okay, right, fantastic. Okay, well, look, I think we've uh, we've covered any, any Euros predictions. It is the Euros, of course. We're oh, the European, to that. Yeah, the European football. You got the Cricket World Cup right. Yeah, is yeah. the asparagus said anything about the yeah. the Euro final? Uh, onwards and upwards, onwards and upwards. They can only improve. Right. On what happened before is no. all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that true. Is true, isn't it? To, and you can't argue with that final. They can take that one step further. Well, Jemima, oh, fantastic. Top tips from... Let's see how much we get right next year. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Happy New Year to you Happy and New all Year. your listeners. Thank, Thank you, you Jemima. Jemima. And to you. Yeah, Jemima Packington there, the world's only asparamancer. And uh, the one thing you, you, you can guarantee, probably, is that her water will be strong. Exactly. Twelve months. Well, I come up with a good, uh, a good um, midsummer murders episode. Have you really, Paul, involving asparagus? Have Frozen you? asparagus. Mm. Have you ever felt it? It's very, very strong. Is it really stabbed in the heart? You could stab somebody with, with a, a piece. in the heart with a frozen asparagus. Wow. And then they eat the asparagus, and that's and that's it gone, isn't it? That's there's no there's no murder weapon. No murder weapon except Mister Midsummer. What's his name? 
the 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 detective. Yeah. Smells the wee of the person. Oh, he goes. Who is who he is eating the, the asparagus? In, follows the bloke in the urinal. Exactly. And Hang on. Hang on a minute. And then he knows. Asparagus isn't at this time of year. Douche. Catches him. What a brilliant plot. Put it out there now. You could have sold that. Well, it's just a quid for that. It's just like a winner. It's a good idea, wasn't it? Uh, so, uh, keep them coming. Tell us about those things uh, that you turned up for drunk that uh, you shouldn't have done. We've uh, I met my now father-in-law for the first time, says Steve, uh, the blade in Sussex. Uh, I thought it's a good idea to go to the pub for some Dutch courage. Everton versus Arsenal was on, and from memory it was 6-0 to Arsenal. Five pints later, I went to my girlfriend's for a takeaway to meet her dad. I shook his hand, rambled on, then proceeded to tell him the Arsenal score, to which he was most displeased as he recorded it was avoiding it for later. <laughs> Needless to say, I married his daughter, oh. and he is now a Palace fan. Oh, wow. So, goodness uh, so me. there we are. The so story got much. worse as it went on. It did. Things yeah. uh, you turned up too drunk that you really shouldn't have done. This was off the back of Nanny admitting that Sir Alex uh, knew how to manage players and wouldn't mind him turning up a touch tipsy for training on New Year's Day. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from talk sport life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Radford. Now Tudor's gone down for Newcastle. Radford again. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Radford the scorer. Ronnie Radford. And the crowd. The crowd are invading the pitch. Yeah, the goal that kick-started the career of uh, our guest in the studio. Mr. FA Cup, I think it's fair to say. Uh, John Motson has joined us. Happy New Year, John. Well, the same to both of you, Charlie and Paul. Um, I must say that did bring back a few memories. (laughs) Um, And you know something? You're going to ask me, aren't you, about giant killing today? Oh, indeed. Now, the team that were squashed by non-league Hereford were Newcastle United and do you know what they're on the other end of my number one giant killing prediction oh really well they're at Rochdale aren't they yeah that's right now Rochdale if you remember a couple of seasons ago got to the fifth round lost a replay to Tottenham Mm. Uh, Ian Henderson always seems to get goals on the big occasion and Newcastle have gone through on uh, on Steve Bruce's own admission a very bad week yeah and a lot of injuries loads yeah Uh, he said he's going to play his best possible team 
But I think Rochdale have got a bit of a fighting chance. Yeah, they played very mm. well against. They t- took Tottenham to a replay, Indeed. didn't they? And did very, very well. Mm. Um, now then, what about Tottenham? Since you mentioned it, they're at Middlesbrough. Yeah. Are they your, are you tough. calling that a giant? I'm killing. calling that a giant. Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Middlesbrough, <laughs> Middlesbrough found some form. Do you know what, Charlie? Yeah. You're spot on. Four, four wins out of yeah. four. Yeah. I think they may be the only team who've done that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, they've, they've rode their... Through this uh, holiday period, Jonathan Woodgate's got them back on a winning streak. Haven't lost at home since mid-October. And Spurs shaking a bit under Jose now, Paul. Oh. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think they're going to they're going to be making changes, and but Son will play. At least they're going to have a fresh yeah. Son, and he has deputised for. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is a draw and has to go to a replay again, which Jose wouldn't want. No. But, um, I, I, funny, I don't, I don't see them losing it. But I, I would have felt a lot more com- when the draw was made. The way Borough were playing, I would have felt very differently. But mm. that little run, and they're going to want to keep that run going. Aren't well, they? well, of course. I mean, these are these are just. I mean, we're only going to get one out of however many of giant killers. But yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing a few in. I was going to go Preston Norwich mm. uh, because Preston are doing okay, well more than okay in the Championship, and Norwich is struggling at the bottom of the of the Premier League. But I, what caught my eye was a game between Leicester and Wigan. Now, this looks a formality for Brendan Rodgers. But isn't it funny? Leicester, the shock league winners of the last decade. Yeah. Wigan, the shock FA yeah, Cup of winners course, of the yeah. last decade. That's true, yeah, so yeah. So I thought that was a nice That's one, That's a lovely it? one, yeah. Yeah, so I've, I've got to include that. But, I mean, there are lots of others that could, could go that way. I mean, Burnley, Peterborough... Um, well, I don't think Manchester City are going to lose to Port Vale, but, you know, there's loads of clubs um, for whom this is the big day, Paul, yeah, you know, with no, the, that's very the true. third round, you know. Uh, Watford Tranmere is an interesting yeah. one, because, well, you, I mean, again, Watford will make changes, but again, they're going to want to keep this run going. Well, I've been to the last two games, and Nigel Pearson has turned this round, certainly in the short term. I mean, they, they beat... I mean, they beat Wolves with 10 men, effectively, because mm. Cabasali had been sent off and the appeal's been turned down. Um, and they beat Villa, playing with 10 men for nearly the whole of the second half. <laughs> so I don't think Watford are as vulnerable as they would have been if, it, if this game had been played a month ago. Do you expect to see the kind of vastly changed teams that, that we often do, John? Or I mean, because it comes right off yeah. the back of this Christmas period for the Premier League clubs. It's hard, isn't it? Well, sadly, I do. I think there'll be a lot of rotation. I think a lot of squad players will appear. I mean, this time last year, I did Chelsea, Nottingham Forest. And curiously, yeah. they've been drawn together again yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Um, I, I, I can't see... I mean... Another thing I would have said a month ago, I'd have said Gillingham have got a great chance at home to West Ham. Yeah. But now David Moyes has taken over and they've won their first game <laughs> with four goals. Um, I'm not so sure. Mind you, two Glaswegian managers here, Paul. You oh, wouldn't, yeah. You wouldn't fancy being the fourth official between David, <laughs> David Moyes and Steve Evans, would you? <laughs> uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't ever want to be a referee for Steve Evans. I don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, I was looking at a couple of other ones. That, uh, st- I mean, Fulham, yeah. Aston Villa now, with all the injuries again that Villa have oh, got and the goodness. fact they want to survive, you, you, know, you, you probably would fancy Fulham. I think if we- Wesley is out for the season and Heaton's out for a while as well, I think yeah. Dean Smith's got real problems here. Yeah. Have, having lost McGinn with a long-term injury when I was there the other week, uh, Fulham on their own ground at Craven Cottage... I think you've hit one there that might happen. Yeah. Well, there's some intriguing ones. Brighton versus Sheffield Wednesday uh, yes. is, is an interesting-looking game as well because Brighton have, have got a bit of form going now. Well, they, they yes. lost to Tottenham, but they played well against... They actually played well against Tottenham, but they, they certainly played well against Chelsea and even could have nicked it towards the end. Well, so, ha- happy memories for Brighton fans because these two met in, a, in the Cup semi-final in 1983 when Brighton 
went on to the final course, yeah. to lose to Manchester United. They won that semi-final, played at the Old Highbury, thanks to a 35-yard free kick from one and only Jimmy Case. Oh, oh what a blind, what about that? <laughs> Uh, on that, there's talk of Glenn Murray going to Nottingham Forest. Yes, actually, I, I yes. don't know if on loan or on permanent move. Or... Yeah, I think I think the way Brighton have built their squad now, Glenn's not going to get much game time. No, yeah. yeah. So it may well, with all his experience, mind you, a useful, uh, great for Forest. Yes, yeah, that'd be yes. fantastic. We were yeah. talking about Wayne Rooney earlier on, John, and um, yes, yes. But they're, they're at Palace Derby. But the feeling is, having played 90 minutes last night, he probably won't start Might this not one. Start. I was I was really interested. Like, I was expecting last night he would either be a sub or come on as a sub. Yeah. But he did the whole 90 minutes. And what you can't get away from is his football brain. Mm. I mean, the free kick that led to the goal, um, Brian, uh, Derby's first goal, I should say. Yeah. Um, pinpoint. And then he had a hand in the second goal, Waghorn's goal, didn't he? Um, I mean, it was, it was a good start for Rooney, actually, at Derby. Yeah. Um, I think fans get, get frustrated when their team probably don't look like they're going to go down. They, um, they have an expectation that they would like a cup run and the manager... Mm. It should put out a decent side. But I think mm. you're right with with but with a new manager coming yeah. in, it, they want to they want to especially if they won like, like Moyes did first game yeah. four mm. now you want to keep that form you want to find some form get That's a solid right. group of players together you know and and a cup run can do that can't it it can give you that winning feeling it can ignite your momentum se- yes it can ignite your season if you're having a bad time and you suddenly get a cup run under your belt well who knows you know it can, it can lift everybody but. You know, it's a, Wembley's a long way off at this stage. Yeah. And the clubs put, as we all know, the clubs put their league priorities mm-hmm. first. But nevertheless, I still think it'll be a very... I mean, TalkSport have got some great games. Yeah, know, absolutely. Right? Fantastic. Three, three tomorrow, three on Sunday, um, one on Monday night. We haven't mentioned Arsenal-Leeds. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that in the Pauls panel. <laughs> we're yeah. going to do that in the Pauls panel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a fascinating yeah. one. The, yeah. uh, I want to know Bournemouth fans. They're, they're an interesting case in point because they're, they, they're at home to Luton, but they have got ridiculous amount of injuries. They're, they probably are going to be fighting for survival the way things are going at the moment with the amount of injuries mm. they've got. But, you know, they've gone out third round last three seasons. I know. Um, fifth round in the season before. They often say, look, we'd like a bit of a cup run, but they probably can understand what he's up against yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I don't think Eddie Howe show, shares that view entirely. I think he has more or less put the FA Cup uh, on the back burner for those last three seasons, and, and even more so probably this year, because looking at the league table this morning in the bottom three, uh, they're in for a second half of the season of struggle, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he can't. the other thing Eddie Howe can't afford is any more injuries. Because, no. I mean, the number of injuries over this... Um, there's a very interesting line in the Telegraph Sport this morning. Mm. The number of in- injuries sustained by players over the holiday period oh, yeah. was over 50. I, we spoke to Gary Lewin yesterday, Motti, and he oh, was talking yeah, about yeah. he's the man who would have to patch these yes. players up and send them out. And he, it's just, you know, they're such finely tuned athletes these mm. days, you know. it's mm. it, 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 We're asking a lot. They sent them out four games in ten days, really. Yeah, it was. You've it got was. to worry for Bournemouth, I think. Yeah, that's the moment. I mean, good, they've lost it? so many players, and they normally rely on one or two really stepping up. And sure. they might have to go in the transfer market. I think. Well, I think the January window. There's always a sense of panic from some clubs, isn't there? Mm. I mean, managers say it's not the best time to buy or, or even sell. But I just, I don't know. I think there will be a few going in for some reinforcements here. They can't get Solanke firing, can they? they no, can't, they can't. That, that if they can get a tune problem. out of him, then you know. No. Well, I wonder. He, he might well need to play uh, yeah. tomorrow, mightn't he? Uh, Burnley, Peterborough. That's just because we talk up Peter before Adrian Durham's point. Of oh view. yes, yes. Because they often make changes. Sean Dyche often makes changes in the cup, doesn't he? Yes. So, uh, yeah. I mean, both these teams are on a three-game losing streak. In mm-hmm. fact, Burnley's is a bit worse than that because I think they've lost 
what is it, seven in nine or something? Yeah. Um, I think Sean Dyche again will be more concerned about them staying in the Premier League. But of course, with home advantage at Turf Moor, they ought to beat Peterborough. But then Peterborough have shown flashes of form in League One um, this season. So that's another one where you could argue a case yeah. for a very close game. Sure. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Martin, Happy New Year to you. And a Happy New Year to you too, and to you, Charlie. Cheers, Martin. See you. So you've been looking at, uh, you've had a couple of weeks really to watch a lot yes. of sport on TV. It's been a bit of a problem. There's been very little football on. <laughs> yeah. To watch over the Christmas <laughs> and New Year period. Stuck into. That's true. Uh, before, yeah, let's get the unpleasantness out of the way first. Okay. Um, obviously, West Ham versus Bournemouth. I was very um, pleased about what happened. Yes, there. yeah, the yeah. Return of Moyes, which, you know, yeah. which I was sort of in favour of. I know the West Ham uh, fans on Twitter. They um, tweet a lot of foul-mouthed uh, abuse at the fact they were bringing back... I think it was mainly aimed at the directors, yeah. but the fact they were bringing back um, David Moyes. Well, it is a touch I'm embarrassing sure. for them that they have to go back to a man that they didn't think was up for the job or good enough for the job uh, yeah. 18 months ago, well, two it's, years ago. it's embarrassing for them, but, I mean, he did a, he did a yeah, decent yeah. job last time. You know, he didn't win every match, but it was decent. Um, so, pleased to see that his first match, West Ham versus Bournemouth, was on in, in the evening of... Um, I forgot what day yeah, it was. Nobody knows what one day of, it was. One, of, yeah, was one of those days. One <laughs> yeah. of those days. And game I thought, day. well, it, if, if BT are going to cover every match, yeah. um, they're going to mm. have to be more careful with the commentary teams. Uh, it, it was Paul Dempsey, yeah. who I yield to know in my admiration for him as a boxing presenter. Lovely to hear the West Country vowel sounds and everything, as I'm sure you'll agree, yeah, Charlie. Well, perfect. when we get Charlie in, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great to hear those sounds. Speaking of someone who spent a certain amount of his professional career in Taunton and oh, Somerset and all wow. that. The North. Yeah, the North. Taunton, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The North. <laughs> it is to Charlie. It is to Charlie. But so, you know, but they put together him with Karen Carla. I don't know whether he's done it with her before, but they did that thing where one of them, you know, co-commentating, is it's a difficult job, you know. It's not something you can just throw a couple of people together and they're going to do it. Yeah. And they did that thing where one of them said something, like, usually something cliched, like, well, it's going to be David Moyes' job to turn this place into a fortress. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one says, yes, that's totally right. And they kept doing that. And eventually I muted the whole damn thing because they were just repeating what each other was saying, which isn't co-commentary, is it? No, I, I know no, what you mean. You so want you... the co-commentary. And, and one assumes that because they were covering every match mm. on whatever day it was, Boxing Day, yeah. they were covering every single match, they put together commentary teams just ad hoc, people they knew who were... English and could speak the English language and they put them together <laughs> rather than uh, looking for what might have been a bit of a team you know when you hear Martin Tyler and Gary Neville it's it's a team it's not just two people thrown together no no the, yeah. the highlight it's of like the... you and Andy I mean yeah, you, know, of course. Um, you, you were sort of almost like a team yeah almost but not almost quite like, like a team that's what Charlie that's in. right <laughs> Mick but Fleetwood's coverage of uh, Mick Fleetwood and Sam Fox. Yeah, precisely. Uh, yeah, that was a disaster. Precisely. Get, get them to, to do West Ham Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. the, the highlight of BT's coverage for me was the Solid Door advert. Did you catch that? A recurring oh, oh, advert no. for the good people at Solid Door. Which that. is a, a number of people telling you the kind of door they would like. And there was a bloke in a bouncer's outfit who says, I like a door, front door that's secure. 
Oh. And then there was somebody quite, a woman quite flamboyantly dressed. He says, I like a front door that sums up the sort of person I am. But then it ends with an old couple saying, we want the front door we've always dreamed of. I'm thinking, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Who dreams of their front? If you're dreaming of your front door, you might as well give up, yeah. really. Well, but for me, it was it was one of the very highlights of the coverage. Yeah, I missed look all out that. For, look that, out that for it. Yeah, we'll look watch that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my front door is permanently open because we live in New Yorkshire. Where you can where come and go in each other's houses, nicking nobody. each other's stuff. Yeah. Liquid Amazing. front door. Yeah. I've got a liquid front door. Something else. <laughs> have you really? I don't like a solid door. <laughs> That's yeah, the old liquid front door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something else that struck me over the uh, Christmas period. I went to the uh, to the movies to see Little Women, which I highly recommend. Oh yeah. And at the end, right, I'll tell you why it, it relates to sport in a way because <laughs> we had um, I'd been watching um, uh, Jeff Stelling doing his advert for the you know in a, in a Santa Claus outfit. Oh yeah, 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 Jeff. Yeah. Doing his advert mm. for betting over Christmas. And they always put gambleaware.com, yeah. uh, which I think is, is useful if you have a gambling problem. You've got the web address there, gambleaware.com. Yeah. Obviously, I uh, logged on to that, having a bit of a problem myself, having backed West Ham to beat Leicester ah. on the 28th. <laughs> yeah. So that is a problem. Should have been a lot more uh, aware than that, really. I should have wasn't say. aware at all. Yeah. But then I went to the cinema to see uh, Little Women, and uh, there was an advert for Tanqueray. You didn't have a punt on Little Women, did you? Because, I mean, obviously, we know the I outcome backed, of that. Yeah, I backed Joe. <laughs> we, 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 Jimmy <laughs> Cranky and favourite. <laughs> Back Joe. So, so anyway, uh, uh, they had an advert while I was watching it for Tanqueray Gin oh, and yeah. another one for Tia Maria. Oh, yeah. And on both of them at the bottom it said drinkaware.com. Now, clearly, again, it's a useful website if yeah. you have a drinking problem. But people are drinking, they're not drinking Tia Maria. <laughs> Nobody's drinking Tia Maria they're probably who's not. got a drinking problem, no, really. No, I, I, in the, well, let's hope not. Just not one Tia Maria for me, please. Just got to yes. hold that thought. By the way, oh, the, right. the uh, current the cinematographer of Little Women was somebody called Yorick Lasso, spelt like Graham. So we can ah, bring that back to sport. Nice. Just, Alas. Anyway, let's go back, sadly, to Cape Town once again. Gareth Batty joins us. Blimey, they're dropping like flies, Gareth. Oh. Yeah, more bad news for England. It's 231 for eight now. Don Best comes in. Vernon Philander takes the brand new ball. First ball, great length, bit of swing. Best pushes forward. Nick through to the keeper. Out for none. 231 for eight. It's great, Charlie, that you've stepped into the Andy role and are able to sit there and say things that like, we won't make 250 now. 250 would be a risk. Um, like 231 right. for eight. Yeah, it's a disaster. Anyway, yeah. um, are we still with Little Women or have we left no, the no, cinema? No, we've, we've, left, we've, moved, we've women, left the cinema. Uh, let me tell you about a really good documentary on BBC Wales, which is actually on the BBC iPlayer, yeah. uh, about David Bomber-Pierce. Are you familiar with his work? No. Uh, heavyweight boxer from Newport. Uh, from a place called Pill, mm. which is, um, interestingly, I looked it up, it's uh, a suburb of Newport, but it's the toughest area of Newport. Right. And that's fairly tough. Uh, but you look at the Welsh spelling and it's full of L's. You know, they're very popular with those P I double L. Hang on. He, he was of the sort of Frank Bruno era, wasn't yes, he? Yes, exactly. Was that that. Sort of, oh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. Which was, in a way, it was a bit of a tragedy for him because mm. um, Frank Bruno was way more marketable than yeah. this guy who clearly a lot of people never heard of. Mm. Um, but he's an absolute legend there. And um, it was it was a fascinating show. It really was. When you you know, if you consider how some people can become local legends, yeah. but almost unknown outside your own area, because mm. there were there were other 
big heavyweights at the time, Frank Bruno, James L. Gardner, uh, I think, and there were a couple of others. Uh, and he sort of struggled to make a name for himself. But was a fantastic boxer when you saw the little bits of action that you did see. And he went to America and uh, boxed over there uh, and got a shot at Who the... Who was he managed? Was he managed by sort of one of the big managers? No. A local no, guy, OK. Right. By a local guy. And uh, he worked in the steelworks, uh, sh- furnishing, <coughs> in the furnaces, shoveling all day long. That's what he shoveled, and that got, wow. him, got him fit. In but pill. He, in pill. Uh, and he was one of these, which I like to say is spelt, it's a huge long word, but it's pronounced pill. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic story because uh, he, got a, he got a shot at the heavyweight title, and he seemed to have been cheated out of everything in terms, so he never, you know, he never got the name that he should have got. Yeah. Um, but they banned him from boxing because he had uh, an ab- a brain abnormality. Uh, and when you think about it, they were probably right, even though he got a specialist and the specialist said that um, it had it since birth, it's nothing to do with boxing. Um, but sadly, he died at the age of 41. Wow. And he, he, was, he had epileptic fits and such like. But they all got together and uh, got a statue of him <coughs> in uh, Newport. So there's uh, okay. on, on the riverside there or the, the seaside, they, they put a big statue up to him. That sounds good. And so that's on, the, it's on BBC Wales. Yeah, I, I would recommend it highly. Um, it, I think it's called something like Newport's Rock. It's David, David Rocky Pierce is his name. But the family history was great because he was one of nine children. And it was almost like um, it was almost like Monty Python. You know, we were poor, but we were happy. Yeah. They couldn't afford boxing gloves, so they wrapped tea towels around their fists. And the boys, there was like six of them, they all became boxers. Wow. And everybody... And you know, the thing I said about in and out of each other's houses uh, and everything... Yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. You know, we were poor, but we were honest and... Uh, that sounds good, was, Martin. I, it's I, really I, I, well it's worth watching. right up my well street. I'll go, I'll go and check that out. Love yeah, all the do. old archive footage and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, a bit yeah. of Frank Boff uh, interviewing him on... Uh, BBC <coughs> Breakfast, yeah. uh, and there's some. Reg Guthridge was a big fan. Oh, uh, oh. Reg Guthridge, who you know knew his boxing in that era. Yeah, yeah. Um, he th- thought he was one of the best boxers around. By well, him, okay. You know. Well, I'll, I'll go and. And because he was small as well, you know, he was like about. Uh, at least a stone lighter than most of the other heavyweights around the right. side. It was brilliant uh, stuff to watch. I'll go and find that. Um, Sounds great. So it is uh, really good. Um, you're back overnight, I take it, are you? Yes, I'm back prime time in Cebu City in the <laughs> Philippines. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, they're all waiting. <laughs> what have there. you got planned for the talk radio <laughs> listeners? Do you know, I've not made a lot of planning so far. Oh. But there will. <laughs> Although it's <laughs> quite a good chance, maybe Jemima Packington. I'm going to try and get the asparagus lady. Yeah, you, there's a lot she of was ground. Great. You can yeah. cover ground that we can't Precisely, when it comes to we'll asparagus. cover all sorts of things because uh, some tweeted to say that you'd uh, you'd stolen what is a standard sort of item on <laughs> oh, the Oh, well, I mean, she ch- ch- can, ch- can spread the love around, I think, so you can take her into areas that, that we didn't get round to. Yeah, One little strand we've been doing today, though, Charlie's very keen to build a list of footballers that, that could have been people that your nan went to the bingo with. Yeah. So we've, got um, so, so we've had a few. This is a nice one. Chris Henderson said there was old. Remember at seventeen, Gwen at seventeen, oh, Gwen yeah. Doozy. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gwen lovely Doozy, woman, lovely. Gwen Doozy. C- Carol Baborski's Carol from, good from old Steve Carol, Reynolds. Carol from number twenty-three. Oh, and there was the a, uh, Mrs. Haman, Deirdre, Deirdre Haman, <laughs> number, yeah. number twenty-seven. She was I'm a lovely woman. A wee bit, though, that is, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't actually work because that's that's not Didi's name. Nicky Butt. Um, Nicky Butt comes down. Yeah, it's anything where they're kind of both. It's not really. No. No. Oh, there was Liz, wasn't there? Went to, Nam went to bingo with Liz. Liz Arazu. Remember, she's Liz, a lovely, Liz, yeah, lovely woman, Liz Arazu. Kerry Dixon. Uh, one of the Arazu family. Um, Phil in Accrington <laughs> sent us that one. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. 
Paul Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on TalkSport. We end uh, with a studio guest, a familiar name, I'm sure, to many. And um, at this time of year, when people are starting to think about dieting and getting fit yeah. after Christmas... Who Some better? people aren't like me, Paul. They can't just eat anything and it just drops well, off. I'm just looking at you now. It's just ridiculous. Um, but Joe Wicks is here. Joe, Happy New Year. Good to see you. Hello, mate. Happy New Year. Thanks yeah, for having New me on. Year, Joe. It's a pleasure. Uh, we're going to be talking first dieting, aren't we? And... How should people be approaching this in your eyes? Because a lot of people, they, they kind of go for it. They think, well, I've got to get on one of the set diets that are out there and lose the weight that I've put on over Christmas. Yeah, it's the time of year where everyone is their most motivated. And I don't think you should knock people. You know, everyone's knocking a new year, new you thing. But if you feel motivated now, that's a good thing. Ride that wave, like push whatever you can. You know, if it's joining the gym, if it's doing home workouts or if it's starting a healthy diet. But I don't think the actual... the the deprivation, you know, low-calorie restrictive dieting is what you want to be doing. Because mm. if you love your food, if you like a drink on a weekend and you try and cut everything out of your life, you're going to really, really struggle to sustain that after the end of January. So I really want to promote, you know, healthy home-cooked food and, you know, regular home workouts, I think, is a really great solution for people. It's achievable goals, isn't it? It's so it's sustainable. Otherwise, you just go big and then you go home, you know, and it ends, and it, then it ends and you start putting the more weight back on because it's the yo-yo diet isn't it yeah. you, you have you know you're really motivated you you cut everything out and you think yeah i'm on a winner and then you have a little blowout or a little wobble and you you lose motivation and you think oh what's the point and you go back to your old ways so i really promote you know regular exercise and i've got my youtube channel now which is all about um 15 to 25 minute workouts which you can do at any time anywhere because i i'm all about fitness for everyone and making it accessible i really i really think people should try it out really uh back to joe in a minute but just gonna hit oh is it definitely a wicket i think england refers they would have Prefer this final wicket because mm. that will be the end of the innings. That's a uh, no ball. Gareth, it's a no oh, ball. That looks like a no, no ball, ball, Gareth, on our monitors. You think it is? It's a no ball. Yeah, I, th I think the third umpire has been having a look. It looks like uh, Rabada has overstepped. It was a shortish ball. He was looking to ball as uh, young Popey ran down the wicket, advancing as they brought mid on and mid off up. Rabada overstretches by the looks of things, bowling the short ball that uh, Pope scooped up uh, top edge down to uh, fine leg. Philander taking the catch, but um, looks like Rabada's overstepped the mark. I think it's just they're just waiting for the official line to see if it has been overturned. But uh, I think we can. Uh, it, it certainly looks like that on the monitors here. Good stuff. Thank you, Gareth. Joe Wicks is with us in the studio, and the research that we're kind of talking about today, Joe. Um, it's interesting. Maybe you shouldn't use the word diet because when the words that people associate with the word diet, hard, boring, sacrifice, none of these are kind of particularly motivating, are they? Yeah, so I work with a company called Gusto who um, deliver like recipe boxes to your house. You get all yeah. the ingredients, your recipe card, and you make these wonderful meals. And we've done a bit of research to find out, you know, what's going to really help people sustain their healthy diet with their family moving through the year. And, you know, two-thirds of people think and, and believe that there's no one-size-fits-all approach to dieting. And that's what I really think you need to understand. Like, you might be someone who feels really great having three meals with carbohydrates every day. Mm. You might feel like, you know, you're better on a low-carb, higher-fat diet. But ultimately, there's no right or wrong. Mm. It's what works for you. What do you enjoy? And what makes you wake up in the morning with a bit of energy and think, I'm ready to attack the day, you know? And, and that's why there is no perfect diet. And even even my philosophy might work for a million people, but there could be another million people who, who want to be vegetarian or vegan. And there's mm. no right... I don't think people should be you know criticized or judged on what they want to do with their food so it's really about listening to yourself and working with your mental health as well as well as working with your physical health so you're making yourself happy yeah mate and that that whole narrative now i used to talk very much about you know sign up to my 90 day plan to burn fat and get lean mm. now i never mention that it's always 
do you know do this workout to feel good to feel energized lift your mood choose your state of mind you know be optimistic be productive be a better parent be a better you know employee wherever you may be because exercise it elevates your mood doesn't it and when you do a workout you never regret it you always feel better so now i'm always talking about that trying to because that's the true motivator and you know weighing yourself isn't going to motivate if it was we'd all be lean all year wouldn't we yeah yeah and if if um if just looking good in the mirror was a big enough motivator, I think we'd all be really, we're really, really happy and in shape. But I think the fact is, mental health takes a massive hit if you're not exercising, and that should be your main priority and your goal. So when, Joe, is the best time of day with you? If you're trying to get a good balanced diet, as you've been talking about today, we want to do a little bit of exercise to go with that. What's, what's the ideally the best time of day to try and fit that exercise in? I, I personally think, for me, I love exercise in the morning. I never used to. When I was at uni, I wouldn't get out of bed till midday. Like I've become a morning person. I've trained myself, and I've got a little three-week-old baby who don't let me sleep past 5 a.m. <laughs> so you're up anyway. I'm up anyway. So <laughs> I woke up this morning, I make my eyes were stinging. I tell you what, I felt like I'd been out on the sauce all night. I was so tired, but I thought, I'm going to do something. I did a 15-minute workout, and I felt great. So I suppose the answer is, when do you have the most energy? If you're not a morning person, mm. and you're like the Grim Reaper and don't want to do anything, yeah. stay in bed, have a bit more sleep. But if you if you get home in the evening and you've got loads of energy and you want to train at 10 o'clock at night, do your workout then, whatever, whenever you have the most energy because you're going to get the best workout during that time. There's no there's no perfect time to eat, there's no perfect time to train, but when it suits you and when it's flexible and fits in, into your day, that's the best time to do it. Fantastic. You are a Chelsea fan, aren't you? Is that yeah, right? I'm a Chelsea fan and my mates laugh at me because... I, I've played in Soccer Aid, which yeah. is a dream, and oh, I played yeah, at Old Trafford yeah, yeah. with Eric. I took the ball off Eric Cantona, I skinned him, <laughs> and then I missed a penalty. And then I played at Old Trafford at, at Stamford Bridge with John Terry and, and Drogba and Joe Cole, and it's an amazing thing. And I, but I always say, you know, David Brent goes, I bloody love football. <laughs> he ain't got a clue, he ain't yeah, got a clue yeah, yeah. So they always, they always laugh at me. But I'm a Chelsea fan since I was about nine years old. We used to go, I'm from Epsom, yeah. and we used to go to Kingstonian and watch them play in a friendly against Kingstonian every oh, year. Yeah. And you could get to meet the players that like we'd get in the players' lounge, and we were meeting like Viali and um, Petrescu and all, all the old like Italian yeah. players that came and stuff and so it's always been in my um, family but I'm not like a diehard fan like if we mm. lose I don't cry about it my mate's sulking all down the pub all day <laughs> I'm like look it's football innit get over it we'll be um, right um, tomorrow players you've met I mean do they do they kind of follow your, your eating plans and do some fitness? Uh, I think on, I've got a lot of, you know, obviously I've met a lot of the players. I met, you know, John Terry and Joe Cole and them boys. And it's, it's, it's lovely to kind of, the players that I was watching when I was a kid, yeah. to meet them and get to hang out with them. And like Jamie Redknapp's a top top bloke. And they're, yeah. all, they're all so lovely. You get on that bus and you feel like you're part of the England team. You know, Amazing. you go up to Manchester. And um, I don't know if any of them sort of follow my meal plans as such but I think they probably maybe had a little look at the YouTube channel and that which is nice yeah brilliant that's great it's well, great what you're doing um, Joe because it's just to put you just putting positivity out there in, into the world and especially with, with men and women and, and with men and mental health and talking about themselves and how they look and how they feel it's not just based on one thing it's really great what you're doing oh thank you mate and I'm, I'm doing a lot now with school kids as well so I'm doing a lot of um, oh, I'm going around the UK I did a tour I visited like 15 schools and did I worked out of 10,000 kids and I love it I love seeing kids being inspired and engaged mm. so that's now my next thing and my real mission now is that like I want to push that forward and make an impact on, on school children of the UK well keep up the good work Joe good to see you thanks very much thanks, for mate. coming have a nice day thanks, you. go on Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. Charlie, you're back with Max on Max, Saturday morning. Saturday, 9 to 11, and the Glory Hunters on 9 30 to 11 on a Sunday morning. Fantastic. So that, and you're back on. Andy's back next uh, week. Andy's back on Monday. We've got various guests Elliot Steele, Paul Sinner, of course, the Cinnaman from uh, from The Chase, and Tom Davis. Tom Davis. Big Tom Davis. Big West Ham fan as well. So have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you on Monday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk sport. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.